Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, let's start with prices, something that could impact the prices of goods, services in America. What would that be, David? Well, that would be a a number of things, disastrous COVID-19 or monetary policy coming out of the White House, or if Russia were to invade Ukraine, that would be, uh, that would cause a little bit more pain at the pump because, you know, Joe Biden took a look around and said, this whole energy independence thing has to be stopped on day one. We need to be green. Yeah. So President Biden says, hey, look, the United States is prepared to act if Ukraine is invaded by Russia. And one big focus is on energy prices, which theoretically would skyrocket as a result of war. Okay. I will not pretend this will be painless. There could be impact on our energy prices. So we are taking active steps to alleviate the pressure on our own energy markets and offset raising prices. Mm. We're coordinating with major energy energy consumers and producers. We're prepared to deploy all the tools and authority at our disposal to provide relief at the gas pump. And I'll work with Congress on additional measures to help protect consumers and address the impact of prices at the pump. Okay, so you're prepared to use the tools. Right. Why not now? That's only if something terrible happens and they go up higher? Dude, I thought about that. As soon as I heard him say that, I'm like, well, wait, hey, what are you waiting on, man? Because uh, gas pretty expensive again. I I never understand that. You know, different politicians say, and I know how to get this done. Right. Then freaking do it. <laughs> I just I just filled up my tank this morning and I'm like, dang it. When will right. Russia invade Ukraine so Joe Biden can address this? Right. And use every lever. And every tool in the toolbox, as he and the rest of his administration love to say about a number of different things. Well, it's like ending the pandemic restriction measures, right? Next Tuesday at 5 o'clock, we'll drop, <laughs> like, for the next week, you know, it's you can't do it. But Tuesday, it's going to end. It's that none of it makes any sense. No. I mean, it's not. this is not a new thing with politicians. I can remember, you know, guys running for office in 08, talking about bin Laden at the time, saying, and I know how to get him. Well, could you share that info with everybody? <laughs> what, it's only if you win the presidency? Do we unleash the beast on bin Laden? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that. But okay, thanks, Joe, for that. By the way, and listen, anybody talks about how Joe Biden has lost a step senile, okay, just forget that. Anybody could forget their best friend's name, which happened again yesterday. Oh, no, it did? Yes, I missed did. this. No, you didn't. We played it. Oh, did we? Okay. Yes. I started the oh, Cancer Moonshot, which I worked very hard on in the yeah. administration, the administration I served in last. <laughs> what is the tell that he really forgot? Because he laughed. Yeah. The, the, the friend that I served in last. Yeah, that, the, that last guy, you know? You know, you know the thing. The, Administration, the administration I served in last. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. No big deal. Oh, boy. Hey, it could be worse right now. We could be Canada. 
Got that going for you. Well, that's an evergreen statement, though. Yeah, it is. I understand. Yeah. But it's getting worse there all the time, it seems. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, freedom's gone. It's a dictatorship now. That's what Trudeau is basically saying. I'm going to control the money. Mm-hmm. Your money. You don't give to some cause that I'm against? Eh, you're a terrorist. And we'll control those dollars. Oh, yeah, and he's got media outlets in Canada uh, following through with this, going against the Freedom Convoy, uh, the people protesting vaccine mandates, and anybody who supports them. There's a uh, there's an article now about a uh, what like a gelato shop owner or something in Canada who donated 250 bucks uh, a couple weeks ago to the fundraiser for the truckers. Well, national media in Canada, which somehow is actually worse than national media here in the United States, yeah. they they got their hands on a hacked list of all the donors. And they've been calling people on that list to say, well, are you regretful of this? Now, because they published this lady's information, now she had to close down her shop because of the threats that are coming down against her. It, it sort of seems like NPR on steroids there. Oh, yeah. I mean, still very dorky in their delivery. <laughs> okay. But they seem to have a lot more juice, which is terrifying. I mean, shaking people down like that? Are you regretful? Huh? We're going to make you pay. We're going to, not only did the names get out there, we're going to make sure that everyone knows who you are. Yes. Dissenter. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a little bit of signs of life, though. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau got heckled during a parliament meeting as he defended declaring war on his own people by allowing banks to steal money from protesters and coerce private companies into being his foot soldiers. This is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by other federal, provincial, or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression. But these blockades need to end, and unfortunately, Conservative politicians continue to encourage the leaders of these blockades. Again, we're talking about a vaccine mandate. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, the whole leader of the Freedom Convoy that came out and talked about their demands. I don't know if you heard any of that. Maybe we can get to it a little bit later. It was very clear and certainly reasonable and spoke out against, listen, this isn't about race, okay? All these different people saying, well, this whole group, it's about racism. Um, It's about one thing or another. It's not. It's really not. This is what we're about. It's about freedom. And freedom to choose. We know that the vaccine doesn't work. Does anybody know how they're it's, building a case that this is racist? No, they because just say it. They just say it. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see an example of, of what they're talking about. Well, did did you see the swastika signs? Oh, come on. Did you see yeah. the Confederate flag? These are racist people. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw one Confederate flag right. and the protesters laughed him out of the group. Right. Correct. You're You're not part of us. And as far as the swastikas, no, I think I think that's inappropriate. But they were literally calling the Canadian government Nazis. They weren't saying "yay Nazis." Yeah, but if you're state-run media, right, you just take those images and then you project it onto yeah. anyone that is protesting, and say they're all racist. And if you support them, you're a racist. You ever Plus heard that fact, before? We, we don't yeah. know what 
If you support that, right. you're racist, racist because they just make up their own rules. It's really interesting because there are also a lot of, uh, well, people who are either indigenous or uh, maybe immigrants who are not white who are part of this as well. A lot of Sikhs. That's a that's a very weird way to express it racism is. by allowing yeah. non-white people into your yes. group. And how do I know that the guy with the Confederate flag wasn't a progressive who showed oh, right. up with it, waving his flag around? Yeah. It, that That's a total point. You know, I mean, this stuff happens all yeah. the time. Yeah. It, it, you do see it. It's cra- it's it's like a bad dream. Well, I mean, And you had another piece thing. of audio oh, yeah. talking about the pushback, David. Well, yeah. And, well, just for fun, after Justin Trudeau, uh, a.k.a. Fidel Castro Jr., was being heckled <laughs> by the opposition party, by, by conservatives in the House of Commons... Here is the Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rota, trying to calm things down in the most Canadian way ever. All right. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut off the uh, Prime Minister just for a second. And just, I mean, heckling is usually throwing one comment out. Clever, hopefully, although not always necessary. But what I'm hearing is someone bullying and trying to drown someone out. That's not heckling. I just want everyone to take a deep breath. And I'll let the Prime Minister start from the top, please. You can heckle if you want to, eh? But be nice. Don't just boo. It's got to be clever. Use your brain. It's got to be clever, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, I don't know if you've seen this across the country. There's big controversy with masks in schools. Not in all parts of the country, but in certain parts where the mask mandates have kept running on. And now different states have, well, done a 180. Whether it's been the governor local school district saying, all right, we're done with the mass in school. We know from the research it doesn't work. It's stupid. But some people are holding on for dear life. You know, you will mask up in school. You have to. Second graders mask every day. And I happen to see this. David, I shared it with you to make sure that we yeah. got all the cursing out of it. Because Scott doesn't trust me with that. No. And I think you got all the curse words out, right? Yeah, I did. Well, You can set this up. There's this wild moment at a school board meeting in suburban Chicago as one board member went on this profane rant against a community member who was speaking during the public comments section of the meeting. Uh, this was at Glenbrook High School District 225. Uh, a guy named Mark was speaking during the public comment section, and there, there was a bunch of back and forth because he wasn't putting his mask on while he spoke. He said he had a medical exemption. Yes, and when you see the video, he's actually wearing it around his neck. He's, like, showing it. This is my exemption. Yeah. Can't do it. And I don't want to get into the personal reason why, uh, but I I can't do it. And I need to be able to speak, and I speak, because they only give you two minutes. Yeah. And they kept saying they would keep interrupting him. And he said, can I start my timer again? Yeah. Because I want the full two minutes. And finally, the guy that's, you know, sort of in charge says, okay, you can you can." start at two minutes but just about the time they let the guy speak yeah someone else comes in well it's board member joel taub interrupts and we'll pick it up from there this is not what you promised you said if they don't wear a mask they can't speak He's talking to the leader i have a mask i can wear the mask on my head if you want i mean it's just you can wear your mask on your ball okay If you you didn't pick that up, wow! You wear the mask on your bleeping, you know, male parts, boys. Yes. If you're not gonna wear the bleeping mask, you can get the bleep out of here. 
Well, it's like, who's this guy out of nowhere, Mr. Tough Guy? Right. It's crazy. <laughs> enough, enough. We're going to take recess for five minutes. Please. We'll take, Get take him the out of the room if he can't put his mask on. Mr. Tough, please. It's kind of like the mask police. Yeah. Right there. It's mentally ill people. I don't know. What is going on? I just don't know how you have put your mask on your bleeping boys on the, just on the tip of your tongue. That's a very weird turn of phrase. I don't know if it was because the parents said, I can put it on my head. He was saying, I can't put it over my mouth. That's right. why I have the exemption. And so instead, well, in the head, you could put it over your... I don't know what would make him think that. I don't so, know. I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, really. Yeah, it is a I mean, weird match. Good, I guess. I mean... I don't know. Well, I mean, you'd have to have a long string on that thing if you're going to put it around your neck and all the way through. I mean, that's going to be some sort of, like, thong in the end. I don't know how you do it, to be honest. I don't know how you get the coverage. It just doesn't seem to be isn't really a, well thought out. Isn't a mask there called a jock? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, maybe. They're already masked. But, you know, they only provide 20% efficiency. When it, anyway, uh, the New York mayor says the media's racist. Got to hear that. And much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh-oh. The media is racist. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what the New York mayor said. The mayor of New uh, York, yeah. Eric Adams, is not happy with the media coverage he's getting, which is kind of hilarious, but he, he's talking about not even answering their questions anymore because they are r- 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 racist. Racist. Yes, this is what he's focused on as crime spirals out of control okay let's hear it eric i'm a black man that's the mayor yeah but my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me we got to be honest about that how many blacks are in the editorial boards how many blacks are determined how these stories are being written how many asians how many east indians how many south asians Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Okay, so we can't have a fair America? Even though he was elected mayor because the editorial board is not black enough? They won't give him a fair shake? Apparently so. so, yes. Listen, I thought... That's an odd thing. Because weren't the editorial boards in favor of him being elected? Um, I'm not sure. Wasn't he supported through a bunch of major no, publications? There were a well, lot I of would, people. Yeah. And news organizations, yeah. That, that if it's the failing New York Times, there's a pretty good chance they're going to lean left. Big shocker. Yeah. But they can lean left. Okay, but still... Apparently, I want to get this straight, David. If you're white on the editorial board, uh, you're still racist. Mm-hmm. Even though you could be all for Adams being mayor. But if you question how he's going about crime, for instance, mm-hmm. 
you're writing from Whitey's point of view, and that's racist. Right. And he's done with it. And it, it, he's just not going to get a fair shake until it's diversified as far as the editorial board. I think I think the shorter version of that is what Eric Adams is arguing, which isn't out of step with a lot of people uh, on the far left like him. Uh, but uh, basically, only black people should write about black people and only hmm. white people should write about white people. Okay. So s- segregation. Yes. Got it. All right. Um, I don't know. I thought this guy was going to be, you know, the tough on crime, former cop, mm-hmm. you know, but he's up there whining like a little, you know, I don't understand. Oh, it's racist. You don't agree with me. This is a problem. That's not going to help New York. They've had enough whiners there. I mean, this has been talked about throughout the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure, man, there are a lot of people from New York. You, you're talking about people that grew up in New York, built businesses, you know, generations still trying to carry it on and trying to do the best they can to not bail out of there like so many have before. Right. But you have the people running it now, and it's the ones that are running it now that always talk about how tough the city is. You guys are the biggest bunch of whiny little Dogs I've ever heard. That? Really? You're going to play the race card because you don't like being questioned? Get out of here. And you're going to have to deal with that guy for a while. Do something about crime. Okay? Like start enforcing the law. That would help. Yeah, if you, want, if you want good ink, that would seem to be the thing to do it. You know, you've probably noticed this in a number of different stories. Talking about, you know, the crime surge in so many different cities. And what does the left usually do? They're not going to talk about, well, we're not enforcing the law. We're letting criminals out of jail at a record rate. They're going to say, well, it's guns, 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 guns. Oh, we got to do something about the guns. It's going to be harder than ever, it seems to me, to get guns away from people because you've had so many people in the inner city buying guns for protection. Yeah. This has been... I mean, huge over the last few years. Well, you've gone outside your gun base. You have a base, and now you've gone outside that because people who've never owned guns before now are curious or want to or have and are owning guns. 5.4 million Americans bought guns for the first time in 2021. That's absolutely right. You know how many was in 2020? No. 8.4 million Mm -hmm. for protection. And Fox had a whole story. They were just going a number of different instances where people with concealed carry licenses in big cities, it was a good thing they had it. Chicago, so many people have been carjacked or held up. Um, oh, like that one 19-year-old male armed with a knife was, well, first looked like he was going to assault a female. A dude that had a concealed carry license, you know, comes up and is trying to, you know, get them apart. The kid with the knife follows him outside. He shoots him in the knee. Mm-hmm. A good thing he did, because if he doesn't have a gun, he probably gets stabbed. There's a number of these stories. Um, I love the story we had about the guy in Detroit that's teaching ladies there yeah. how to how to defend themselves, yep. because they need it. Uh, San Francisco, there's a big turnaround with the school board you need to hear about. Coming up.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The Durham Probe. You know, we were waiting for this for a long time. We were hoping to have it before the 2020 election. <laughs> like, what's going on? Where's the information? And so, you know, it's been a few nuggets here, a few nuggets there. And it seemed like, David, you've been around the news game for a long time. Bombshell gets thrown out there a lot. It seemed like there was a bombshell report that was picked up by pretty much no one in legacy media. No, except to uh, criticize people who were calling it a bombshell report. That's right. The same national media that hyperventilated any time they got sources telling them about something happening with Robert Mueller or 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 Trump Russia or whatever. Now they're like, well, it's not that big of a deal because what happened? Uh, you've got the special counsel, John Durham, mm-hmm. who uh, in a court filing said that uh, there was somebody associated or who had worked with a couple people removed the Hillary Clinton campaign. And... They were tracking web traffic that came out of the Trump campaign, Trump Tower, and the White House itself in the early part of 2017. So that seems like a pretty big story, but everybody's like, well, people monitor web traffic all the time, right? I mean, there's no big deal, except what were they doing with the information? They were trying to craft a narrative uh, in coordination with the FBI that Donald Trump was a Russian agent. That's right. It's a pretty big deal. Well, the Media Research Center found that ABC, CBS, NBC, in just their evening newscasts alone, spent 2,634 minutes covering the investigation into alleged Russia collusion through July 20th, 2019. It was nearly one-fifth of all those broadcasts. That's really something. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, you go back, the feeling New York Times and the Washington Post even shared the Pulitzer Prize in 2018 for deeply sourced, relentless reported coverage of alleged Russian interference. <laughs> Which I know people will say, well, those prizes mean nothing anymore. And that's one of the reasons why. Right. On a whole lot of fake news. And so as we get this from Durham, and I mean, you got Hillary Clinton all over this thing. I saw Molly Hemingway. She's a writer. She writes for the Federalist. She writes a lot of books. Um, to me, she puts things in a very easy-to-understand way. Um, I appreciate her for that. And so as she was asked about it, saying, you know, um, well, Donald Trump said this is worse than Watergate, what we've just learned from the Durham report. And this is what she had to say about it. It's not just the president's view that this is worse than Watergate. If you want to remember what happened in Watergate, that was a relatively low-level break-in to a Democratic Party office and then a cover-up from the White House. What we're talking about in these latest court filings confirms so much of what we've already known but takes it much further. The spying operation against Donald Trump wasn't just during the campaign. They were also spying on White House servers, Trump Tower, while he was president. This information was 
weaponized by powerful government officials, including at the Department of Justice. This implicates so many people. The Clinton campaign that funded the operation received some of this information, weaponized it with the DOJ, the Department of Justice. The media, who spent years lying and claiming that Donald Trump had stolen the 2016 election by colluding with Russia, those lies caused so much damage to the country. This is so much bigger than Watergate, and yet, other than you mentioning it here, and Fox News covered it this weekend, and a few other sensible media organizations covering it, it's not even getting any coverage. No. Because you have operatives at all these news outlets, and it doesn't fit the platform. It doesn't fit their message. It is. It really, goes against it. Really, really something. It's, it's so friggin' corrupt, Because I'm man. dialing around last night. I watched ABC and NBC nightly news, and then this morning, dialing around, nothing, no, this story doesn't exist. It's not on their radar. Not even a cursory mention. And at the same time, Nothing. it's exactly what you expected, that it would not yeah. be covered. Yeah, I'm constantly amazed, though. I mean, right. I really am. I'm con- I was like, how do you ignore this story? You pounded this story for years. Who's going to hold them accountable? That's what it comes down well, yeah, to. And That's why it's so frustrating. Leslie Stahl called Trump a liar for even suggesting it. <laughs> She's a hack. She called him a liar. I know. I know. I mean, okay. it's crazy. San Francisco, update on the school board there, David. Yeah, San Francisco residents overwhelmingly approved of a vote to recall three of the city school board members. Good. I mean, it, it wasn't even close. I mean, you're talking like a, what, a 75-25 split, something like that. And I think there are potentially some national implications with this because usually when you've seen parents getting together to oust school board members – or causing a ruckus at school boards. What is it? What do you always hear? It's white supremacy. Oh, you know, it's just it's these racists who 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 hate gay people or whatever it is, right? These are Nazis, QAnon, Trump people, whatever. It can't right. possibly be concerned parents. Well, some of the biggest uh, supporters of this particular recall were not white. They were Asian American. And it had to do with... Well, they're pretty much white now, David. Actually, that's one of the reasons the sc- one of those school board members got recalled was because she literally said that. She said that Asian Americans were white adjacent, and they were yes. sort of leveraging their proximity to whiteness to embrace white supremacy or some such nonsense. <laughs> I mean, it was insane. These people are insane. <laughs> And Sherwin-Williams uh, they, they cover. Have, they have family values. They work hard. They get ahead. Yeah, they yeah. get great jobs. And they right. make tons of money. Ah, uh, let's see. we got to change the narrative. They're white. Yes. They're embracing white supremacy. So yeah. They color for Sherwin-Williams' proximity to white. <laughs> and you, and you know, It's kind of white, but it's not really. And, and you know that there are some winds of change blowing right now because uh, the far-left progressive mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, has come out in support of recalling the school board members because there has been some back and forth because they've spent more time on, like, saying that Abraham Lincoln being on a school building is problematic. We need to rename this school. We need to do away with Dianne Feinstein Elementary School because she said something that may have been racist or something like that 40 years ago, you know, when she was, like, 90 or something like that. Right. She's ancient. Um And also, the, one of the biggest driving forces was uh, the Lowell High School. That was a, a gifted and talented high school that you had to test into. And the school board said, in the name of equity, we need to get rid of those testing requirements, and we're going to send kids there based on a lottery because 
test scores are racist is what right. these people said. They're insane. And so that's Kids get into school there and they can't hack it. And <laughs> right. then that's racism. Right. Uh, right. And then, you know, so a lot of the wokeness that was going on really turned out uh, pro- even progressive voters to say, no, we're putting an end to this. It's going too far, which is a breath of fresh air for me personally. Here's a flashback, by the way, about some of the nuttiness. One of my favorite reports having to do with San Francisco Unified School District It was from ABC7 about a year ago. The district got rid of an acronym used for an arts program, and the report explains why. Oh, I vaguely remember this. In a memo, he explains that acronyms are a symptom of white supremacy culture. (laughs) The use of so many acronyms... Uh, within the educational field, um, oftentimes tends to alienate those who maybe don't speak um, English to understand those acronyms. That's based on a 1999 paper written by author Tema Oaken titled White Supremacy Culture. Oaken told me that our culture perpetuates racism when things continue to be written down in a certain way. <laughs> the written word is racist. <laughs> <laughs> you forget some of this stuff after a while. Oh, did you did you see Man. how the New York Times framed this whole thing? No. That the recall was fueled by pandemic anxiety. What? Seriously. Seriously, they said it was pandemic anxiety that fueled this. Is there ever going to be a day when someone pulls back the curtain and realizes this was all a joke to see if they could fool dumb people? <laughs> That's the thing. It's not. These people believe this. I I truly believe that the ones that write that actually believe it. Oh, yeah. Or that acronyms are racist. I mean, we've learned so many things. in life. Obesity is racist, for crying out loud. If you remember that, there's a number of different things that you just had no idea were racist. Okay. Stoplights are racist. Was that true, too? Well, red connotation is bad. A red stop. It's American Indian, you know, known as a No one man. said that. No, I'm just making But that's that up, it. But... I don't even know if you're joking. No, I know you don't. That's the thing. I can slide that one by a lot of times. Get that really? Right. Really? No. Uh, did you hear the latest on Bob Saget and his death and so the family weird. trying to block the release of documents related to his death? Strange. Something's up, man. Something's up. Okay. Now, I mean... You don't want to get into, like, the area of, oh, this is just sort of cool, gossipy stuff. No, I mean, the guy's dead for crying out loud. But it is odd that out of nowhere you get the report, well, he bumped his head, thought nothing of it, went to sleep, and just didn't wake up. And at the time, did you guys see the different pieces that were being written that were quoting doctors saying that that doesn't make any sense? Right. Much more severe than just a bump on the head. Yeah, and they were describing it as like if you were in a car accident. I mean, this would be, you know, something that you would look for in a car accident or a fall down a long flight of stairs where numerous shots to the head were involved. Yes. Yeah, not just bumping your head or falling backwards and hitting the wall or something. Well, no. And so now you've got the family uh, in a lawsuit to try to keep, you know, any information from coming out. And I understand, you know, respecting privacy, that yeah. sort of thing. But there seems to be something else going on here. Yeah. You just mentioned it, David. What do you think it is? Uh, there are a couple of different theories, 
I mean, you got to think if you're if you're desperate to keep it covered up, it's something embarrassing, right, or something that puts you at risk. So, the cops have said there's no foul play, right? Meaning he wasn't murdered. There, nobody went in and and bashed his head in. So then. I immediately start thinking, is this a situation where maybe he paid for a companion and things got oh boy. rough? And I don't know. Again, that's just where my mind goes. Why is that? Do we oh. need to call a special <laughs> well, session with anybody? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm saying right. because they're saying the guy, the cops are saying the guy wasn't murdered, right? Right. So maybe there initially was something that was sort of consensual, nothing intentional. I don't know. That's just okay. where my mind goes. Okay. All right. At the same time, I mean, blunt force trauma to the head. Yeah. Yes? Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I, what are we talking about? He liked it kind of rough. I don't know. Whoa. See, I can't tell you I didn't think that. Really? Then I immediately dashed that thought from my head and went, well, maybe it's the with a widow trying to protect the kids from all the gruesome details of, you know, brain trauma and behind the eyes and a lot of that stuff, to trying to keep it away from them. Oh. because the, But then again, I think, well, heck, most of that stuff's already out there. I mean, that part of it's out there. Okay. So what else, what other reason would she have to protect the children other yeah. than there's more details to the story? Well, they say it would cause irreparable harm in the form of extreme mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress. Yes, which is... That no legitimate public interest would be served by the release or dissemination of the records to the public. That's why they're suing to keep it from coming out. Okay. Okay, and at the same time, I'm seeing in the story that a medical specialist said, yeah, it's consistent with severe trauma. So this is something I find with someone with a baseball bat to the head, which I've taken before. Right. And had a skull fracture. I'm telling you, dude, there's no... I how that could be some sort of consensual thing is beyond. I don't know, man. And it was not just like one of them. It was like in three spots of his head, yeah. right? I said, or there's someone who had fallen from twenty or thirty feet. Right. But no foul play. Okay. But you have said before that had you not have been with someone, you may have curled up in a ball and went to sleep. Yeah. Never to wake up. That's true. Yeah. That is true. He helped me inside. I, just, I said, I'll be fine. I just want to go to sleep. Right. But you got to, I mean, what kind of sickness is that? If that's what it had really happened, did you get a hit in the head that hard? You ever been on the internet much? No. There's something out there for What everybody. do you look at on the well, internet? Well, no, I'm just saying. What are we it's talking about? I mean, you know, you got people who, you know, like to hold on to electric fences that, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's like a place for them on, on the dark web, you know? No, is that hey. for real? Or are you just making? Well, that I'm up? making it up, and I'm sure it's real. Maybe. Because if it's real, I want to see that. <laughs> Maybe he made a call to Trevor Bauer. I don't know. Oh my gosh! Oh, he was found innocent, right? Yeah, I think I saw that yeah. last week. All consensual. I okay. I know, uh, I know, man. Yeah. And David has advice saying, "Get your kids off TikTok today." That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, 
Scott Robbins. David, you've said this before, but even more today than ever, get your kids off TikTok. Why? Yeah, well, that's the video sharing platform. It's wildly popular with Gen Z and and millennials. The short version is because it's a front for the Chinese government. Talked about this for a long time. It literally has ties to the Chinese Communist Party. It is also not allowed in China. (laughs) That should tell you something. Remember a couple of years ago? Oh, it's all fixed now, and it's run out of the U.S. No, No it's not. No, it is not. I know. China. Uh, New report out. TikTok can circumvent security protections on Apple and Google app stores and uses device tracking that gives TikTok's Beijing-based parent company, ByteDance, full access to user data. Two major studies did this. Uh, I saw this in are on the website The Wrap. Uh, the summaries of the studies suggest that tip, uh, TikTok is able to avoid code audits from the app stores. Mainly, they can get around protections that are meant to safeguard your data. You know, if you if you don't want it shared widely. And then the research also found that TikTok is capable of changing the app's behavior as it pleases without the user's knowledge, and utilizes device tracking. That essentially gives the company and third parties an all-access pass to user data. And that's going straight to Beijing. Holy smokes. Delete TikTok today. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Robin's reaction sometimes. I know. That absolutely kills me. Um, I think it was Jim Jordan, a Republican from Ohio, that had tweeted something out to the effect of, and this, he was talking about the Durham report with tracking a president and surveillance. said, I think it was something to the extent of, hey, if they can track the president, they can track anybody. And it was Edward Snowden that tweeted on that and said, got some bad news for you, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to laugh. Because to your point, yes, your kids should get off TikTok today because of every reason you just said. And then it's also in your mind, we're being surveilled. Mm-hmm. People know about our activity all the time. It's the government. you got to believe that. Wouldn't be surprised. Look at what's going on in Canada. Yeah, but don't give it to the Chinese Communist Party. Agree, man. Totally agree. I'm with you on that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well... A lot of news coming out of Canada. More on that in a second. And, of course, eyes on Russia, Ukraine. What's going to happen next, David? Uh, Your guess is as good as mine. Who knows? (laughs) All these reports. Well, Russia's moving the troops back. Well, no, they're not. Well, yes, they are. Do we really know? Well, and at this point, I mean, the Russian government is just kind of trolling everybody. Did you see what they put out on social media? 
It, a it, few things. What are you there, referring to? There was one. They had the caption of or the statement, you know, Ukrainians looking for Russians. And it was a video of John Travolta from the movie Pulp Fiction where he's kind of like wandering around looking for stuff. <laughs> like, oh, geez, come on. <laughs> Just clowning people. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden, though, he tried to give a warning to Russia, okay. which is supposedly going to invade Ukraine any day now. Uh, today's the day, right? That's what our government has been saying somewhere around today. Yeah. If Russia proceeds, we will rally the world to oppose its aggression. The United States and our allies and partners around the world are ready to impose powerful sanctions on export controls, including actions that did not, we did not pursue when Russia invaded Crimea in eastern Ukraine in 2014. We put intense pressure on their largest and most significant financial institutions and key industries. Real quick, why did he bring up Crimea? You know, suppose. Isn't that kind of clowning on Obama a little bit? First thing I thought of, that's why I thought maybe he'd have a different take that would say something else like, yeah, <laughs> um, President, my boss back in the day, he didn't do anything, but I will. <laughs> right. And sanctions. Maybe he forgot that Obama was the president. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. And I'm sure that there is a reasonable explanation for this. I mean, this wasn't a surprise when more and more Russian troops were lining up outside of Ukraine, right? Yeah. Why not the sanctions then? Like, okay, all right, we're going to introduce this. You keep doing this, it's going to come heavier. Why didn't we do that? Yeah, I don't know. Instead of at the time, Joe mumbling through saying, well, been probably imminent. What? But we have tools in the toolbox and every lever w- w- that we can get to. Well, when is the time for that? Anyway. These if- measures are ready to go. Yeah, yeah. As soon and if Russia moves. Mm-hmm. We'll impose long-term consequences. We'll undermine Russia's ability to compete economically and strategically. And when it comes to Nord Stream 2, the pipeline that would bring natural gas from Russia to Germany, if Russia further invades Ukraine, it will not happen. You all right, Scott? Russia strategically. <laughs> this, he's probably going to impose, uh, he's going to probably impose mask mandates on Russia if they don't. There you go, yeah. Somebody at the border. Yeah, we're deploying troops to make sure that the uh, Russian forces have been fully vaccinated. That's right. And they can prove it. They can come in otherwise. I mean, if they've been fully vaccinated, whatever, you know, Kiev is hosed. Right. But that's what he's really mad about. It is. I know, you know, I will say it, knowing that if it's a media outlet on the left, they would say that I was spewing right wing talking points. Okay, whatever it's called, I, it is hard for people to understand. We have massive amounts of opioids coming up through our southern border. Okay, young men from other countries all over the world flowing through the border. We don't know who they are. There's no ID, and they're getting flown to cities across America. We don't know who they are. Forget about that, you hater. Okay. Lady Liberty is shaking her fist at you trying to keep people out. <laughs> Let everybody in. That's right. But, man, are we concerned about the border at Ukraine. It And it does make you say, I don't understand it. There's a lot more concern there than our own border. It just doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Meanwhile, our northern border, I don't know how this is going to end with the truckers no. and the Freedom Convoy 
and where Justin Trudeau, prime minister, is going now, trying to freeze people's bank accounts, take their money, take away more of their freedoms. And who is this official saying it's time to get back to normal? Well, I think it's I, I think how this ends is people disavow people within his own party uh, disavowing him and him resigning in disgrace. Because I hope you're right. Now that he's invoked this emergencies act, people are really nervous. A lot of people who would otherwise be allies and have been supportive of him up until this point, when it's him versus the truckers protesting the vaccine mandates. More and more of them are like, okay, no, 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 we can't do this. We're not doing this. Right. Uh, so another domino has fallen in Canada as a lot of lawmakers are suddenly really spooked that their prime minister is essentially declaring martial law in reaction to peaceful protests. The premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, announced the province's vaccine passport is getting phased out by March 1st. Capacity limits for indoor activities are also being lifted. I think it's, what, six provinces now that are doing this kind of stuff? Six or seven mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, this is what Doug Ford said yesterday about the vaccine mandate. This is incredible. You can go to Costco, you can go to Walmart, you can go shopping. You know, you don't know if the person has a shot beside you or not, but we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or ten shots, you can catch COVID. Thank you. See, the Prime Minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. But, Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. We got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I ask every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it, and and that's their choice. This is about, again, a democracy and freedoms and liberties. And I, I hate, as a government, telling anyone what to do. we just got to get moving forward and, and get out of this and protect the jobs. Just let him go. That, yeah. I'd love to hear that whole clip. Honestly, and it's I'd almost say, crazy because yeah. there is such a thirst to hear anyone <laughs> make sense, especially coming from Canada, yeah. who is an official. Well, and, and he's not... Uh, Doug Ford is not a member of the uh, of the prime minister's party, but he has been supportive of the crackdown on the protests. And now he's singing a wildly different tune than he was less than a week ago about these protests. This is a clip from five days ago. Okay, there will be consequences for these actions and they will be severe. Let me be clear. The government does not direct our police forces. But we do set the laws. Fines for noncompliance will be severe, with a maximum penalty of $100,000 and up to a year imprisonment. So do you think somebody changed his mind, or is that just polling? I, I think the Prime Minister changed his mind. I really do. I, I think that the Emergencies Act thing, for a lot of people who are either in the middle or like Doug Ford, center-right, Mm-hmm. It's like okay, this is too far. We can't, we cannot go down this road because it's going to be a big problem beyond just the political liabilities there. Well, and the way the truckers and different people that have supported them have been demonized. Mm-hmm. We'll get to more of that later on. It, it's incredible because that's not what they're about. 
They're trying to paint them as racist and misogynist and everything else. And they're, they basically have two demands. That's it. And it's much what Ford said in the first clip. However, he ended up getting to common sense. I'm just glad that he got there. A little late. It's still amazing. But better late than never, I guess. Still amazing to you sometimes that leaders, other leaders in freedom-loving countries haven't stepped up to support these truckers. Well, I mean, publicly to say, I mean, for Joe Biden to say publicly, you know, I don't want to tell people how to run their country, but this is absolutely 100% diabolical what's going on here. Biden would do it here if he could. I, that's what I mean. <laughs> yes, but that's I, why it, he's so Maybe that's it. why. I, I don't know, but you seem like somebody would take a strong stance against this. No, I think a lot of world leaders, this is where they want it to go. Gosh, dang. I mean, that's what's frightening about it. Uh, as far as COVID, there, this was uh, interesting. I mean, I'm not surprised that Coachella and Stagecoach have dropped all COVID-19 precautions. Really? Yes. Hmm. Well, it's easier to get people to come to your shows when you drop that stuff. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I see that, and I say, well, that makes sense, but that's, you know, again, like talking about the Super Bowl. Well, the people with money. The elites, they love to go to stuff like this. You don't want them to have all those precautions with COVID. You want them to go have a good time, right? Right. Just like a lot of people did at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you happen to see this story. I uh, thought it was very interesting. Um, you know the Rams are going to have their big parade, right? Mm-hmm. Big Super Bowl parade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outdoors, of course. Uh, you're going to have to have a negative COVID-19 test or proof of vaccination if you're no, going to have of course. What, to stand on the street? And yes. Look? No, you won't. <laughs> Who's going to enforce that? Please. Well, I don't know, man. Well, if, if you you're... remember they arrested a guy for paddle boarding by himself <laughs> at one point in time. That's how nuts it is sometimes. Thousands of people lining the streets. Yes. I mean, Where there's no brief? gate you got to go through to get there. I understand. I don't know. But That's maybe so you have the vaccination dumb. police out there. I don't know. People going to leave that state for good. Again, man, a lot of people in states where you have roots, you have a business that you've built for years or was a family business that you took over, and you feel like, man, I'm just trying to ride this thing out. There's always, you know, the point of no return. But for some people that haven't reached it yet, I understand. There's nothing more compliant than a bunch of drunk, celebratory football fans. Well, some people just go out for the party. They're just going to go along with it. Well, they'll just lie. Like, no, I don't. Well, here's my fake card, whatever it is. It's just absolute nonsense. Um, Something else you got to get to. Um, Chris Cuomo back in the news. Um, About him and his accuser. And more drama from CNN. Get to it all coming up right here. Marcus, David Van Camp, Scott Roberts. Okay. 
Robin just found a story. I don't know if we want to go with that now or yes, get to the it, Chris Cuomo story. Go do ahead, Scott. Yeah. Okay, well, the headline is from Twitchy, CBC Ottawa, Canadian Broadcasting Company. One veterinarian says the trucker protest is placing added stress on pets. <laughs> There was a woman who was concerned that all of the honking outside was making her cat stress poop outside the litter box. <laughs> you, I don't know why it's... And CBC <laughs> picks up the story and just goes with it. And I, now, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cat owner. Scott, you're a cat owner. Yes. Jamie hates cats. For That's some reason... True. I like some. For some, for some reason, knowing that it was a cat stress pooping made that story even funnier to me. It was, man. <laughs> And outside the box, David. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yeah. That thing was just, you know, crap, just going down the hall. Well, the aim is off just, oh. because of the honking. Well, he's not even stopping. He's running because he's freaked out. He's just, like, freaked out. He's just going all over the place. So now, so now. Like projectile. So now, wait a minute. So so calling the truckers conspiracy theorists, calling them racist, calling them uh, misogynist didn't work. So now they're digging deep. And they're saying that they are causing cats to stress poop. Well, that should have no effect on anything. I mean, they outed Fauci as a beagle killer, and that did nothing for him. Well, I'm going to turn this around. Trudeau could save those animals today. (laughs) (laughs) If he just said no more mandates. That's it. Good. (laughs) Poor cats. From one female cat to a bunch of others. Free him. Yes. Man. All right. Chris Cuomo. The latest, David, is what? Oh, uh, the failing New York Times did a report on Chris Cuomo, the former primetime CNN host, who was fired because he used his position to try to get his brother, the former governor of New York, out of trouble. Also, he was accused of sexual harassment and assault during his time at ABC, which he actually referenced a couple years ago in a conversation that was leaked that he had with Michael Cohen, of all people, the former Trump lawyer, where he's like, do I look like the kind of guy who needs to do that? Well, apparently the accusation from the woman that he worked with at ABC was that they were supposed to go have lunch. And when she arrived, there was no food available. There was no food there. And he tried to pressure her into sex and then wound up, he, he wound up assaulting her. That's the allegation. Was this the butt grab or was this something else? This is something else. Entirely. Okay. All right. Um, and then at the height of the Me Too movement, obviously that was several years after this ale- this allegedly happened, um, he, out of the blue, wrote a letter to her saying, hey, by the way, if you want, <laughs> you know, what what we could do is do sort of a puff piece on the uh, on the company you work for. So the implication there is that, he offered to give her positive coverage that might help her in her career if she kept her mouth shut. Right. Just help this go away. Yeah. Wow, man. The thing is, man, and there, the, the story the New York Times has is, is way more in-depth, has to do with, what's her name, Gallist, the, the person that the former president of CNN was Jeff having Zucker. the affair with. Yeah, so yes. they're both gone. And this... I have no doubt all of the all three people involved, maybe more, are just leaking things about each other at this point because they're all bad people and they're all looking out for themselves. Absolutely. Yes. 
the whole thing that's fascinating, and it's sort of, and it gets in the weeds of the whole story. But Jeff Zucker, the president, you know, first, you know, he resigns. He's basically fired. But then his girlfriend, oh, who they told everybody, it was just since COVID that this relationship went to another level. Right. It was common knowledge for years they were a couple, even when they were married to other people. Right. And so people were saying, well, how can she not be fired? So she's getting ready to leave. But then Time Warner leaks it out that she's leaving before she has a chance to tell the staff. Isn't that the latest revelation? Yeah. And she is ticked off. Right. And so her gripe about this is I wanted the chance to tell all these colleagues it meant so much to me. And, you know, part of it, I mean, my goodness, when she's like the greatest journalist in the world that makes you want to throw up. <laughs> you know, the pleasure of working with these people, you know, over time. But, you know, this was basically a hit job um, leaking this ahead of time. Well, again, man, you can't have the rule in place where you don't disclose there's a relationship when Zucker keeps promoting her to where she's in, you know, top leadership management. Yeah. And started out as low as you can go when they were together at the Today Show, of all things. And people knew it all, the, you know, all along. It, the whole thing's fascinating. Um, health news. This is interesting to me. You ever have, like, a plastic water bottle? You reuse it. Yeah. Do it all the time, right? Right now. Mm-hmm. Right. As I speak. New report says stop doing that. Oh, God. Here we go. Yes. This What's is University of Copenhagen. Well, loaded with chemicals. Oh, boy. Found hundreds of substances, including photo initiators, which can mess with your hormones and potentially cause cancer. And it said this part might be even worse. They did it again after the bottles had gone through the dishwasher. So it's like, well, I'll just wash it. And there were even more chemicals. They say it's probably because your dishwasher wears down the plastic and allows it to leach more chemicals into your water. The lead author of the study said, man, I'll never use a plastic water bottle now, and suggested a quality stainless steel bottle instead. I don't know if he has money in that industry or not. We don't know. Brought to you by your friends at the stainless (laughs) steel water bottle industry. (laughs) So part of that, I mean, you could take with a grain of salt, but. I've heard that before, like, don't you reuse the plastic bottles. It's good once, but not to reuse. Is that correct? Yeah, and you don't even want it. Like, if you're going to drink the bottle, finish it and don't use it the next day. Oh, gosh. Biden says he put a dead dog on a woman's porch. What? We have to address that next. Jamie Martin, the, the Gen Xer, the Millennials, David Van Camp, Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Yeah. We'll get to Biden talking about a dog dying coming up here in about 10 minutes. Kind of wild. Before we get there. Very Casey-like, the way you approach that. Dog dying. Dog dying! Uh, gosh. Um, let's talk about Ottawa, Canada, the latest, David. Yeah, well, the public safety minister, Marco Mendocino, in Ottawa... Was saying, well, you know, we're 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 gonna assure residents of Ottawa that the uh, trucker protest will be handled very quickly. 
Uh, now that the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act, police are going to be able to establish no-go zones in the city's downtown core to control the people who are protesting vaccine mandates there. Okay. So they're talking about, at this point, setting up a, a perimeter where it makes it easier for them to arrest people. You know, this was interesting because one of the leaders um, of the Truckers Freedom Convoy, Benjamin Dichter, he got a hold of Jordan Peterson, who is, you know, very well known, philosopher, former um, practicing psychologist, professor, he's got, you know, the massive books that he's put out on speaking tours all the time. This guy from the Truckers Freedom Convoy got a hold of him and say, listen, can I give our message through you and your platform? Because we are not sure it'll get through media here because of the state-run media in Canada. Because there's there's so much fake news about us and what we really want. And Peterson said, sure, and put it up on his platform and said, okay, it's all yours. You know, go for it. And so at the start... Um, basically says it, their message has not changed, you know, since the beginning. The Freedom Convoy is a peaceful and loving demonstration based on the principles of unity and respect for all Canadians. We have come to Ottawa with two very simple demands. One, the government end all COVID mandates. And two, the federal government remove its digital COVID tracking app called ArriveCan, as a requirement to re-enter Canada. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's a number of different clips I could play from this, but, you know, one of the most important ones, at least to me, was, said, let me tell you about the demands that are not from us, that get attributed to us. There have been many demands attributed to us that are not our demands, primarily from the uh, legacy media. We do not want to overthrow the government. We do not want to remove any of our elected officials from power. That's what elections are for. We do not want to confront, we do not want confrontation with the good people of law enforcement within our organization and within our crowds. We have countless first responders and military veterans who are all proud of the Ottawa police. Just to make it clear what they're after. I thought that was very well done. Well, obviously, that is exactly what an insurrectionist would say. <laughs> oh, also said it's inclusive, by the way. It is inclusive because people want to say they're racist and everything else. The Freedom Convoy leadership spans the country and comes from various indigenous, rural, and urban communities, all who have an ambition for unification and freedom. And you see that, you know, if you're paying attention to the different reports. Um, one other clip, just talking about legacy media, um, and the politicians, because they're the ones that really do create the division. And I don't think it's just what's going on in Canada right now. It happens in our country all the time, too. We also would ask that our political class and the legacy media tone down their rhetoric. The era of slander and indiscriminately labeling fellow citizens with pejoratives or as racists, needs to come to an end. We need to talk openly and respect one another. But we cannot achieve this if our political class continues to behave 
in such an unparliamentary manner, while the legacy media attacks the very people they are supposed to reach. I'm like, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. And part of what I'm thinking also in my head is these are the people that we all hang with every day. Come from different backgrounds, different races, different worldviews, mm-hmm. but get along. But where does the real division come from? There's always going to be radicals. And then it's just turned up a notch. And it's usually politicians and legacy media using it. I was glad he said what he said. Oh, speaking of our media, um, Clip, uh, you have David from Joe Scarborough talking about the truckers. Oh, my oh, gosh. Canada. Oh, oh, gosh. You know, the oh. former the former congressman now talking Muppet on MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, says that he would not do what Trudeau has done. He would get tougher oh, with these truckers. He's a real tough guy, that Joe Scarborough. This guy, yeah. yeah. I do have to ask one question, though, about oh, the what? liberal prime minister in Canada. Oh. Seriously. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I'm a mayor or I'm a prime minister, your trucks get in my city street, they're not going to stay there a week. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. No, they're not going to stay. There's going to be somebody with a stick, <laughs> and it's going to be banging on the window. It's going to say, you got one or two options. You can move this thing, or we're going to cuff you and take you to jail, and we're going to impound this. And we're going to find your company. Move it or lose so it. move it or lose it. Yeah, who, who's going to impound it? Right. Who, who's going to drive it? Who's going to haul that giant piece of metal? Also, dude, come on. These are grown men who do real work for a living, not one of your defenseless female interns. Ooh, that is smoking I Remember when he killed that lady? Mm-hmm. So I they don't say. Remember, but I, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Well, he is an American badass. Joe Scarborough, you just know it. Whenever I hear that term, I think, mm-hmm. man, Kid Rock or Joe Scarborough. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly a, what I'm thinking. He's a he's a fighter, that Scarborough. Maybe we could do a GoFundMe. Oh, they'd shut it down. Raise enough money, Joe. We're going to pay you millions of dollars to take your little stick and tell one of those truckers that he needs to move. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. We're going to bet on the over under before you get your lights <laughs> clocked. Yeah. Big yeah. tough guy, Mayor. Yeah, go Let's ahead. See you do you that first. Joe. Yeah, love to see it. Mm-hmm. I'd take Trudeau with you. Two manly men there. <laughs> Man, I happen to see this story, and I thought of David. Uh, really, anybody who has a fear of sharks or going into the ocean, mm-hmm. because as we hear all the time, shark attacks are pretty rare. I mean, they happen in some parts of the country, like in the United States, more than others. Obviously, different. You know. On the coast of Florida, the Atlantic coast, around yeah. Cocoa Beach, you'll you'll hear about it. Sometimes the West Coast, um, and I mean, every once in a while, there's a death. It gets a lot of news. People freak out for a while, but it, the chances are so tiny. We're told that all the time. But from when you were a little kid, David, you're not going to get back in. It, no. it freaks you out. And I see this story about what happened in Sydney, Australia. Did anyone see the story? Nope. It's horrific. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Give me one minute, and I'll get through it. We'll be done. This is nuts, man. You got this guy just out swimming, and people are around. It is like a scene out of Jaws. As the story said, footage clearly showed a body, half a body, being taken by a shark. Oh, gosh. Yes. A crowded beach. And the witnesses said it was this 14-foot great white shark. And this swimmer, 
And they said they heard yelling, turned around. This is the description. It looked like a car had landed in the water with a big splash. Then the shark was chomping at the body, blood everywhere, and then thrashing all over the place. Usually when there is a shark attack mm-hmm. and someone dies, it's not described like that, is it? No. It's just, there have been times where it seems like it can happen and it's always horrific, but never described like that, like the scene out of a movie. Jeez. Someone said there were so many splashes and the shark did not relent. And it lasted several seconds. People were just freaking. Yeah. Just, whoa. So, yeah, I'm I'm the crazy one for not ever wanting to go in the ocean again. Well, if you think of it this way, the when that happened, how old were you when you were freaked out? Was that Galveston? Yeah, I was in Galveston. I was, I don't remember the exact age, but it must have been, yeah, it was high school. Probably ninth okay. grade, 10th grade, something like that. I'm so out. you're talking 17 mm. years ago. Yeah. Think about how many million people have been in the ocean over the last mm. 17 years. Yeah. There's think, one of those. Think about you how many. Go back in. How many times have I been attacked by a shark? Zero. So, <laughs> very true, David. Staying out. Very true. Okay. All right. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Oh, I know it's not going to sound like we're lightening it up, but Biden was talking about a dead dog. Yes, but it's weird, man. What was this in reference to what? So he was talking about uh, his time as a local government official. And I guess a time where he was a uh, young rapscallion or something like that. Okay. Was Corn Pop there? I don't know. But he's just like telling the story? Yeah. And this is the, what the moral of the story is he would listen to the people? Uh, no. Oh. I got a call one night. A woman said to me, obviously not of the same persuasion as I was politically, called me and said, there's a dead dog on my lawn. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you called the county? He said, yes, they're not here. And I said, well, I'll get them in the morning. She said, I want it removed now. I pay your salary. So I went over. I picked it up. She said, I want it out of my front yard. I put it on her doorstep. That's pretty odd. Okay. <laughs> Very weird right, thing. <laughs> well, apparently he talked about this in December of 2020, except at that point the moral of the story was he was willing to go roll up his sleeves and pick it up, and then he disposed of the body. Got it. Like, so it's like one of those classic stories that he'll bust out, but the purpose of the story can change apparently. Right, well, and, punch, and the details. Yeah. And the, Got it. I got to talk about a dog dying. <laughs> why, why did he right. also say at the beginning, obviously not of the same political bent as me? Yeah, that was weird. It's like, well, what, that was what is obvious about that? Because they're calling about a dead animal on their front yard. It's like, what, do, do, do Democrats love having dead animals on their front <laughs> lawns? I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get well, that Well, obviously, either. if she wanted the dead dog off of her yard, that that means she's a Republican. I, I don't understand. Well, it does seem that you had some people in the crowd that wanted to go along with it, where you might be uncomfortable, but you just laugh at the the story because you don't know what else to do. 
it seemed like they were willing to participate in that sort of way. Well, anybody in comedy knows the dead dogs thing is a knee slapper. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the other weird thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Next, uh, jokes about mental health. Here right, we go. Exactly. Mental health workers. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, you know, it's more of the story there. Right, of course, all the time. Okay. Something else we want to get to. Um, <laughs> the Durham probe implicating Hillary Clinton. At least in some fashion, but ignored that and much more. Coming up right here. I mean, imagine this. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we've noticed that, well, what was described as a bombshell from the Durham probe hasn't been picked up by a lot of mainstream outlets. Um, I found a few places where it's been covered now by legacy media. Yeah. Before I get to that, David, you have a way of making the complex seem simple in a few lines, with what we found out over the last few days. Oh, well, people associated with the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign uh, monitored web traffic not only during the campaign of Donald Trump, but when Donald Trump entered the White House, they were keeping track of who was sending signals to what, which is a fancy way of saying they were spying on him. Okay, here's a few places where it's being picked up now. Uh, like the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready? Uh, Fox News' Durham narrative survives the emergence of inconvenient details. Uh, From another legacy outlet, um, the Trump-Russia probe has been seized on by the conservative media. Oh. And Donald Trump himself is vindication of his often repeated claims that he was spied on. He was spied on. I know. <laughs> I mean that, that <laughs> forget about the latest John Durham the special counsel looking into the origins of the Trump Russia thing. Forget about the latest filing. He absolutely was spied on by the FBI. That's uh, the- from MSN. Durham accused of stoking Trump conspiracy theories in blistering counterattack by target of his probe. Yes. Fox News goes hog wild with exaggerations about the Durham probe, oh. the Daily Beast. Oh, the da- really the Daily Beast? Yeah. Which was convinced that Donald Trump was a Russian spy? That's Correct. right. That Daily Beast? Yeah. Up yours. Yes. You hacks. So that is, again, the problem that we've talked about before. There will be a lot of people in the country that will never know yeah. about what has really happened. Well, it's... When the uh, Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, had his report on the FISA court, this, like, secretive court that allows, it's supposed to be counterintelligence or counterterrorism, whatever, where you can get these warrants to spy on uh, people inside the country. And the FBI lied in order to get a warrant to, to spy on Donald Trump. Michael Horowitz's report was wildly misrepresented by national media. Because what he had written was what the FBI did was legal 
absolutely. It was legal, but it was only legal because the threshold for obtaining such warrants is so low. And right. then in two different moments of testimony, Michael Hor- Horowitz was saying, uh, I mean, I, I think you need to reconsider the law surrounding the FISA court. I remember all this, and it's so deep in the weeds. I mean, honestly, it's I'm impressed by how you can keep it all straight. And then at a moment's notice, I'm like, you're good at this, David. Explain it. Yeah. Because I know it in my head, but, I mean, to go through each and every detail. And don't look at me like that, Scott. Well, I can no, read your mind. You're no. like, yeah, ADD boy, you have a hard time. No. You do, too. I do. I, I'm sorry I do, because even sometimes when David explains it, I have to slow my brain down <laughs> and just go, okay. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Oh, here's an update that is, you know, certainly not going to change the world a whole lot, but it's something we mentioned briefly before, and I think you guys were dead set against it, and that is a sequel to the movie A Christmas Story. Yeah, shouldn't happen, Say, You know. You leave greatness alone. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear that four more cast members are coming back? Does that make any difference to you? Uh, which four, I guess? Uh, dude that played Ralphie's little brother, Randy. Yeah, so he'd be... He and Petrella. Just turned 60, right, or whatever. Remember Ralphie's friend Flick? Yeah, Flick. He had his tongue stuck to the pole. Yes. He'd back. Is he? Scott Schwartz, yeah. Good. How and about that... Scott Farkas? <laughs> Nothing? Yes, he's back. Yes! <laughs> Zach Ward. Scott Farkas. What else do Scott... they have going on? Come on. <laughs> See, you got... Scott was excited for a second. Oh, he the original movie's overrated anyway. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no, please. Millennials ruin everything. God, Proof dang. again for Van Camp. This is the part of Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of times in the middle of the show, there's so many other stories that are coming out. I just say, okay, David, you come from a news background. Where are we going next? Uh, you got a list of things to talk about, but there's other things breaking. All right. Well, I just sent you some fresh audio here, uh, and it is of a COVID advisor and uh, official with John Johns Hopkins University. Uh, Tom Inglesby? Tom Inglesby. Mm-hmm. He was on CNN, yeah. and the host, Brianna Keeler did something that we've noticed several times, is that when it comes to COVID, when it starts to affect the hosts or anchors or reporters' children, then they start asking questions that they would call disinformation otherwise, right? Seen it many times. (laughs) And she's asking, hey, I got little kids in school, and the CDC is not updating its guidance on masking. Like, if I can't get a high-quality mask... What's the point of giving them a low-quality mask? 
Oh, I'm glad you have woken up. Yeah. Welcome to the party, mm-hmm. Brianna. If we're talking about kids in school yeah. and they don't have, and look, I've tried to get, I have little kids. I've tried to get high quality masks for them. It's tough. They come, they don't fit, they fit one, they don't fit the other. Does it make sense to reconsider it while you don't have those high quality masks available for younger kids or, or why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what CDC has said is that is that you should be wearing a mask that's the best mask possible. So we know cloth masks are better than no masks. Surgical masks are better than cloth masks. So whatever mask is available and fits well for kids should be used according to CDC guidance. Okay. You want me to get angry, don't you, David? I can A little see bit, it. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No one was saying this at the time, if you remember. And just as a common person trying to figure it out, we're going back to like February, March 2020, when Fauci said, no, we can't recommend masks. Doesn't give you protection. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. I'm like, well, certainly something over your face would give you something, wouldn't it? might not be the best. It might not even be great, but it's going to do something. That only makes sense, right? So now, well, yeah, now this guy's saying, well, the CDC says, well, it's something is better than nothing. The thing is, even though this advisor says this, he still has it wrong. Because one thing that we do know now is that when little kids are masked, it does more harm than good. We don't even know the extent of the harm. How many years? But it certainly hinders them from learning because part of learning is seeing other people's mouths and picking up the language. There are many studies on that. So, again, CNN just takes whatever guy that will say what they want him to say and puts him on. And there's the expert. It drives you bananas. So is what Dr. Lena Wynn, is she going to say something different again when CNN puts her on again? If because she wants to be on CNN, she will. Well, it wasn't that long ago. What was this? Was this last week where she was talking about this? I think it was last week. I actually believe that we should be starting to, with the first restriction removed, should actually be the restriction on children. Because while for adults, you could say, well, what's the harm of adults masking when they go into a grocery store? There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. So... Brianna Keeler could push back on said expert during her show. I don't know if she only gets the C team. I don't know how it works. But to be able to say, hey, wait a second, but we know it does harm, right? So how does that make any sense? But she's not going to do that. Think she can only read off a teleprompter. But we should also be intellectually honest and say that masking has had a cost, especially for the youngest learners. Right. Which is why so many people say, my goodness, you're, these governors that say, yeah, we're going to relax the mask mandates, except in school, where it, we know it does harm. And they're the least at risk. It makes no sense. Well, again, kids don't vote. <laughs> so, And whatever. I guess we want to teach them to just be compliant early on. Just do as you're told. Golly. I need a trigger warning every time I hear the CDC recommends. It just makes my head explode. Yes. I'm every I'm, time. I'm right there with you. All right. We have well the update as far as the conflict with Russia. Yeah. Is it a conflict yet? 
uh, no, I think we're still waiting to see if Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Ah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, today was going to be the day, and it hasn't happened. And anyway, uh, President Biden came out yesterday to warn Russia uh, as it supposedly is preparing to invade Ukraine. And here's part of what this very strong and not senile at all leader <laughs> had to say. We are not seeking direct confrontation with Russia, though I've been clear that if Russia targets Americans in Ukraine, we will respond forcefully. And if Russia attacks the United States or our allies through asymmetric means, like disruptive cyber attacks against our companies or critical infrastructure, we are prepared to respond. I'm sorry, he can't play the tough guy act. There's no credibility. Is it just me? Well, no, it's hard to get a frail old man. (laughs) And he's talked nonsense before. (laughs) Whatever. But we're moving in lockstep with our NATO allies and partners (laughs) to deepen our collective defense against threats in cyberspace. And you always have to have that in there with our NATO allies and our allies, even though when they're not on board, we say they are. That was all through Afghanistan. And all our allies, they, they are all with us. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're denouncing us. Right. To their media. Well, and Biden, well, I didn't hear that. Okay. Because you're clueless. Um, latest on Canada. Another province is dropping its vaccine requirement, David. Yeah. Uh, Quebec is now dropping its vaccine mandate. As of Wednesday, uh, you'll no longer need to show a vaccine passport to enter liquor stores, weed shops, big retail outlets, um, as of February 21st, the passport will no longer be required in places of worship or at funerals. And by March 14th, the passport is done entirely. And so you're looking at the trucker protest and thinking, wow, you know, it looks like they're kind of getting some results. And you notice in areas where they have been blocking border crossings. Yes. Uh, when the demand is met and there's an off ramp, they've been leaving. That's what they've said. We just have the two demands. And as soon as that's met, we're going back home. We're going back to work. That's it. It's peaceful. It's about freedom. I mean, imagine it, a protest about something where you're clearly stating what you want and giving a timeline. If it's met, this is what we're going to do. And also saying, and we're not looking for a confrontation with police. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a one on a one on one on how to conduct a peaceful protest. Yet our media and state run media in Canada wants to make these people out to be terrorists. No, I, I, yet when you're watching buildings being burned to the ground and stores being looted, millions of dollars in merchandise, you just have to understand the pain of the protesters. <laughs> right. It's a freaking joke, man. See the pain in their eyes as they're walking out with that big screen TV course yes <laughs> you couldn't make it up no it's insane all right david i know this might be a little bit too much money for you but i know you would like to go into space yeah maybe you saw the tickets to uh the old rocket ride mm-hmm. with virgin galactic yes it's starting at four hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars what it starts at four hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yeah. So we get a cheese sandwich at five hundred thousand <laughs> right. well with the four fifty you, you get it a grilled cheese, actually. Okay. You, you like, what, do you, what do you mean starts at? Is there, like, additions well, here? I mean, if you want life support systems, <laughs> then you're going to have to go up to, like, 500. 
Hey, it does sound oxygen like oxygen canister at five hundred thousand. Well, give sin go. We could start the fun for David. You oh. got to swim with the dolphins, Scott. I you mean, got to check off your bucket list. What yeah. about David? Well, I'd love to see David go up in the Virgin Galactica. Do you know how long the flight lasts? Like 10 minutes, right? No. 90. 90? Yes. Wow. Oh, wow. That's cool. Maximum speed, 2,600 miles an hour. Wow. And only including four passengers. Takes off out of New Mexico. Now you have to go through uh, some training and get fitted with uh, a spacesuit. No problem. But, yeah, I mean, there's other perks, too. You get a membership to Virgin Galactic's community of future astronauts. Got that going for you. Okay. And exclusive events, trips, space readiness activities. Mm -hmm. It also says it comes with the opportunity to purchase an astronaut edition Range Rover from Land Rover. And an exclusive astronaut wing ceremony. Should be incredible. Yes. Gifts and go. Van Camp. Know what happened, though. After Virgin Galactic's rocket collided with Jeff Bezos's rocket, Virgin Galactic is now just called Galactic. <laughs> wow, good one. That's true. True. Yeah. That's Bezos a lot of won't perks, be able though. to identify as much of anything. Right. It's probably small. It is smaller, right? I have no idea. His mm-hmm. rocket. Well, it, it's weirdly shaped. If you've seen the Bezos, the Bezos one it, it, it with money looked yeah. like a penis. Yes. You know, I was trying to just leave that to the imagination, but you could just go right out and say it. That's fine, too. Um, They say good news if you're like, well, maybe Scott Robbins. It's certainly for me. Yeah. Really like the taste of beer. Don't drink anymore for whatever reason. Yeah, that's true. Maybe you had a problem. Maybe I did. I'm not saying that you did. Oh, no, I'm saying I did. That's okay. It's it's not a secret. It's The word is they say that they've finally figured out how to make non-alcoholic beer taste like the real thing. I've tasted some that I thought were pretty darn good, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But they, they, this is going to be even better. Scares me. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, also, we got a crazy story. Dude was in the middle of a bike race and got attacked by a bull. Ooh. What? Yes. Holy cow. <laughs> and a bike race got attacked by a bull. Mm. We'll get to that. And a news update as well. Straight ahead right here. You don't want to miss it. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, man, we got some uh, new polling data that time of the week. This is actually really interesting. It's California voters from the L.A. Times polling group. Is this about Newsom? No, it's about Joe Biden. Oh, buddy. Uh, Overall, do you approve or disapprove of Joe Biden in California? Mm-hmm. It's forty-seven, forty-eight. Ooh, you having wow. a good time, Joe? Democrats in California, seventy-two percent approve of Joe Biden. Just seventy-two percent. GOP, no surprise here, six uh, percent approval. 
independent 40% approval. Now, the really interesting thing when you dig deeper into it is <laughs> who's waiting in the wings? Kamala Harris, the vice president. Yes. California. She was a senator. She was a statewide official. Yeah. Overall, approval in California, according to the L.A. Times, 38% approval for Kamala Harris in California. Wow. The only people who really seem to like her, uh, let's see, uh, mostly it tends to be. Can I guess? Go ahead. White, liberal women. Yes. Mm. With money. Yeah, because it makes them feel good. Yep. See, we're about equity. We we love her. What does she stand for? You could ask him. Equity. Inclusivity. Breaking glass ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. Yelp. Ladies, that glass you see on the floor. <laughs> Remember that meme guy. <laughs> Um, speaking of inclusivity, did you see the story about, uh, the lawyers telling Morgan Stanley they should stop doing what they've been doing? Anybody see the story? What are they doing? Well, they have an intern program, but it's, well, some would say it's racist in a way. I mean, it's about equity is what it's about. Um, See, it's it's for people of color and LGBTQ. Uh, but if you're white or heterosexual, you need not apply. Or if or if you're Asian, okay, okay. It, this internship is solely available to Black, Hispanic, Native American, and or LGBTQ plus freshman undergraduate students. It is a diversity internship. Lawyers are saying, hey. Uh, that's not good. You shouldn't do that. That's really against the law. Probably shouldn't do that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're trying to say, hey, we want to bring X number or X percentage of either black or Hispanic or whatever group you want to single out into the fold. That's one thing. But when you're actively saying everybody but these groups, yeah. that's a problem. When you're explicitly saying it, that's a huge problem. But they're working on fulfilling a diversity quota. Okay, that's what they said from a couple of years ago. Because they were called out for being a little racist, so they're trying to make up for it. What's a company to do? Can we go with best candidates? No. Okay. That's 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 old school thinking of yours. Well, it comes from white supremacy, right? Well, and, and I need to do the work yeah, to privilege. stop thinking that way? Yeah. Yes. All right. Meaning I had got to be brainwashed? Yeah. Is that what part of the work well, is? here's the thing. Being against racism is a symptom of white supremacy. Hmm. Okay. Wrap wow, your mind around that. And man, you, that's successories right there. And if that doesn't sound like it makes any sense to you, well, you just need to do the work. Do the work. And do unpack work. your privilege. Got it. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Meanwhile, oh, I mentioned this story. This is crazy. Dude's in the middle of a bike race, right? Um, this is California. Tony Urbitizen, um, 80-mile mi- mountain bike race. This was this past weekend. Suddenly attacked by a bull. Jeez. 
Okay. I mean, it, it plowed him. It knocked him straight off. Here is this is him talking about it. What sort of led up to it? I didn't think much about there being a cow there, and just thought it was just one cow versus a dozen that I might ride through at any one grouping on any day. And so I just kept going. And as I got probably within ten or fifteen yards of him, case of mistaken identity for a cow to a bull. He turned, squared up, and I had maybe a second to brace myself or do anything. It was just like all of a sudden and. Boom, man. There's a little bit of audio. Yeah. Boom. I am extremely sore. I've never been this sore. Can you hear that one guy in the background that goes, oh, no. <laughs> no, play that again. All right. Guy, I oh, am. No. There's a woman screaming in there, too. So. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, uh, two other bikers had run-ins with the same bull. But Tony oh. got the worst of it. Why do they keep going there? What do you mean? Why do you it's keep... a race. You gotta you gotta go through. Why do they what, have that quit? part of the race? Well, you can't always predict where they're gonna the, come from. The bulls. Maybe a fence got beaten down. You I know, don't know. You the could get attacked by a bull here, but by all means, sign up for the big race. <laughs> what are you gonna do if you're running? I mean, all of a sudden he's thinking it's a cow. Okay, I'll just ride around, and then it, the like he said, it squared up on him. Man. Like, you would say, forget the race. I'll turn I'm around not, and go the other way. Well, yeah. You think I'm, I want to? I don't want to. I've faced those things before. No fun. <laughs> when they start to charge, buddy, you better get going. You better Bugs Bunny it right out of there. <laughs> You're not a gritty competitor. No, I'm not. Not when it comes to a bull charging you. <laughs> okay. All right. You about ready for your top three stories yeah. of the day? Yeah. All right. Because so we got to get to the trifecta. Also, uh, you had those polling numbers on Kamala Harris. Yeah. The piece of audio of Kamala making the rounds that you'll probably want to hear. It's all coming up right here. with Robbins coming up in just a few. Uh, there were some people, maybe this is just picking on someone too much with Kamala Harris, okay? Because she was out there talking about how so many people in America don't have high-speed Internet, okay? And that's something that her and the president have worked hard on, okay? The, the criticism come from she just does not sound authentic, Everything is red. It's even when she's trying to say, I talk to people and this is what they tell me. It, it was mentioned. It sounds like someone explaining to someone else how important the internet is and what people use it for. Like all of this is obvious. Yeah. Like not only is she bad, but whoever is writing her speeches is awful. I say every instinct she ever has as a politician is wrong. And it's really difficult for her to, to be a, a true politician. Well, and sometimes you wonder, uh, I understand she's bad, because there were a lot of people that thought she was going to be this great candidate for president until she got out on the campaign trail, and it was a disaster. So she talked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
but apparently bad writers go with it. This was just a sample. People everywhere use high-speed Internet to stream movies for family movie night. Jalisa talked about that. To video chat with friends that are far away. To view a tutorial on how to fix that leaky faucet. To read the news, check the weather, or plan a trip. For so many of us, we use the Internet as an essential and integrated part of our daily lives. All right, I can already say the criticism was warranted because I watched Van Camp knowing he has not heard the audio, and you just start laughing. Well, oh. I'm just reminded of Bubba from Forrest Gump. <laughs> shrimp cocktail, Parmesan shrimp, fried shrimp. I think that's all the shrimp there is. Oh, gosh. She's yeah. just naming things that... It's, like, well, I mean, that's long in the list. You want me to go backwards? It's like, wow, I people. Yeah, people see, watch during movies? the pandemic, see? millions of people, families in particular, depended on high speed internet. <laughs> Young people use the internet to access digital textbooks, really? Attend virtual classes, and collaborate on science projects, all at their kitchen table. Parents use the internet to buy groceries. <laughs> Paper towels and other daily... See, it's putting everybody to sleep. So sad. Okay, this is just a less little... And yet today, more than 42 million people in our country, 42 million people, do not have access to high-speed Internet. See, and we're, we're working on that. Right. Okay. Everything going on right now, just know we're on that, too. Right. That is a drastic improvement from when she was talking about farmers not being able to figure out how to photocopy IDs. Oh, and they're saying, man, you got to show an ID to vote? Yeah. Are these dumb people, they can't find a copy or, machine. Or if you need to make a copy of your ID to mail right, in to mail a ballot it. or something yeah. like that. This was, uh, what, July of last year. So I think that the Internet thing is, is actually an improvement. But You're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no Kinko's, there's no Office Max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course people have to prove who they are, but not in a way that makes it, them, it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. It's almost impossible. Okay, I'll go down that road and oh, say, yeah, she's improved. Gosh. Here was the difference, though. What I played, she was reading right. from a script. That's her off script. That's why they desperately want to keep her from being off script at any time. Because that's when real disaster strikes. Here's why we all need automobiles. Because a lot of people drive cars to the grocery store. They drive cars to work. They drive cars... Just for fun. Sometimes to see their children in some sort of event. Right. Yes. Next Cars are important. Next week, you'll hear my dissertation on the usefulness of pens and the many uses of them. Okay. Imagine the sad faces of those children at a track meet whose parents can't be there because they don't have a car. <laughs> right. Yeah. You ready for your top Every instinct three the- is wrong. <laughs> Every one is wrong. Are you ready? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories. We do it every day at this time. Helped by Scott Robbins, hero. Yeah. From his top 40 days of yeah. today. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, buddy. Yes. Get your pencils ready. Okay. Well, Kamala would prefer a pen, pencil, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Some people don't have pencils. I understand. True. We always start with three. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, Joe Biden has hit a new low with morning consult. Yeah, sorry about that. But uh, Joe Biden uh, has the opinions have been expressed by the voters, and it seems not for the good news. 39% of registered voters approve. That's down a point from last time, by the way. 57% disapprove. Other demos are looking bad across the board. 49% of voters want mask mandates removed. I'm sure. Um, and uh, also the handling of the COVID crisis. You know, Joe was going to put this behind us, but he hasn't. He's given relatively weak numbers on that. Uh, 41% rate it has poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, seven seventy one twenty six on the on the on the Democrat performance, and uh, ninety nine to eighty nine to eighty seven on the Republicans. But here's the here's the deal here in the independents in terms of performance, Biden gets a disastrous thirty four sixty. Forty percent of respondents rating his performance has poor. By the way, when you're talking about the handling of the pandemic and COVID. Mm-hmm. Have they finally now gotten away from this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Well, because I haven't heard that line in a yeah, while. I haven't heard them trot that out in a while. Well, I, I think, think endemic is the new word now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got it. Joe, well, for his part, said he's got ideas so good they have to be implemented by force, though. Right. <laughs> Which is part of the well, problem. Quinnipiac has a new survey out as well. Overall, this is Quinnipiac, usually pretty good to Democrats. 35% overall approval. That's worse than Trump What did you was. just say? What was the number 35%. again? 35%. That's Quinnipiac. Holy smokes. Uh, 35% overall uh, approve of Joe Biden. That's worse than Donald Trump was at this stage in his presidency. Man, oh, man. It actually sounds like Casey. The numbers get smaller <laughs> as it goes on. You know what I mean? The numbers get smaller as the hits get bigger. That's true. Two. Joe Biden's presidency. <laughs> Number two, the CDC is supposedly loosening indoor mask mandates next week, but maybe they're not. I yeah. don't know what's going on. Uh, team Biden has vowed during this uh, that they will never interfere with the science involved in the mask mandates. However, they are not implementing the science. A bunch of Democrat governors are going, hey, Jackwagon, I'm going to lose if I don't turn this thing around. So now nothing has been finalized yet, but the CDC is now, as they say, considering a new benchmark for whether masks are needed, basing it on the level of severe disease and hospitalizations in a given community. The White House is allegedly very eager of that, and they're tired of being yelled at by blue state governors who want this thing rolled back, who are in the fight of their life right now. I don't know. Do we have a few seconds? Because this is a clip from, I think, last May. They think about everything Rochelle Walensky has gone yeah, through right. since then. Yeah, yeah. Van Camp put together her emotional roller coaster. It was like a montage of going back and forth. Well, wasn't CDC it last guy? week that she came out and said that uh, unscheduled press conference and nothing was going to change? Yes, but that's the thing. I mean, and now it's today constantly it's yes. she has to right. basically go by the polling. 
Right. So she'll say one thing one day, and then someone will yank her chain and say, whoa, 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 you got to, no, that was wrong. You got to change. Yes. Change the statement. And I remember when you put this montage together, David, this was all within like a five-week period, something like that? Yeah, it was, yeah, just over a month. Okay, roll that. I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. The answer to that is to really close things down, to go back to where we were last spring. Schools can safely reopen, but right now I'm scared. It's possible to reopen schools safely without all of the teachers being vaccinated. Teachers should be uh, prioritized. Schools should be full-fledged, in-person. There's a lot of work that we need to do in order to get our children... uh, our schools to a safer environment. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. God almighty. I mean, seriously. If David were to put together a montage from where that ended to today, that's a full-time job for three months. Yeah. But by the way, that last statement you heard in that montage, that was when she was announcing that people who'd been vaccinated can't get it. Can't get the coronavirus right, right. and can ditch the mask forever. Yes. If I remember correctly, that would have been like July of last year, right? Right around I think there? it was a little before. Yeah, because Biden was going to rip him off for the 4th of July cookbook. Yeah. Cookout, remember that? Yes, yeah. do. All right. I mean, we're still here, but I mean, we're still doing it. But I think I think there's so much pressure now because a lot of these blue state governors have caved and went, yeah, we're going to get rid of these because they're in jeopardy politically. It doesn't make sense if you're following the science. No. That's... That's part of the problem. Actually, uh, DeSantis said the science was settled a couple of years ago in his state. Well, yeah. Want another one? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's one the more. Trifecta with Scott Robbins. Yeah. His top three stories mm-hmm. of the day. Count them down each and every day. And, and finally, right. one. Uh, man, this is a, a, you could say, grim milestone. Grim. Grim milestone. Uh, yeah, excess deaths in the United States have now surpassed one million since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, Robert Anderson, Chief of Mortality Statistics, branch for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, updated this. Uh, he said, although the vast majority of the excess deaths are due to COVID, um, there's also a record number of heart disease, hypertension, dementia, and other ailments. Oh, man. He said, I've never seen anything like this in all my years doing this job. Most deaths are elderly. That's kind of how demographics work. However... There was 1 million additional deaths over the normal number of dead, and only 75% of those were over 65. The increase in deaths between 18 and 65 rose at a higher percentage than those of the elderly. And yeah, people had never seen anything like it before. Never, ever seen anything like this before. Right. Now, the question becomes, hmm, why is this happening? I think they're trying to get a handle on that. And I mean, of course, when we talked about it before, David, it's part of it's suicide. Yeah. That doesn't account for all of it. That's a, that's a little bit of a part of it. Drug overdoses. Yeah. Well, cancer deaths were up, correct? Cancer deaths, yes. I don't want to just yeah. throw the fake. So is hypertension. Fake, so is heart disease. Part yeah. of that was people were not being diagnosed until it was too late. Yeah. That's right. They're not, they're not going to the doctor because they couldn't right. because things like mammograms or other screenings were right. inexplicably, I remember talking about this at the time, deemed like a non-essential procedure. Right. Uh, yeah, and I and I... I personally um, know of somebody who died of breast cancer last year. Awful. Because, and the thing is, they had been not feeling right. They had not, something was off. And then by the time that she was able to go to a hospital and get this screening done, it was too late. Right. 
I, but in Fauci's words, right now the protection's just not yeah. there to be able to do that. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, Fauci killed that woman. I am curious. A lot of people feel that way. And I, I, hope I, I hope I live long enough to where I can read books reviewing this era in, in American history, objectively. Yeah. Um, and, and to know that, you know, at least I can say we stood for something during this. So, well, some of us did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of us did. Not it's, afraid and, to be and, shouted down. Well, you know. No. I mean, you have different, well, they were once experts in their field, now conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. When they talk about the pandemic and what we tried to do to make it better. And, and I mean, damn those people for not, not allowing some of these treatments to go into effect that people had the disease and died from it because that was, you know, Donald Trump was saying it. Well, and honestly, Trump did say, and it was true, you you can't have, what was how did he say it, David? Can't have us trying to treat COVID actually be worse, the treatment worse than the actual disease. Yeah. By locking everything down. Right. And, I mean, he was shouted out of the room. Yeah. But, I mean, looking back on it, it, it totally made sense. Joe Biden was going to shut down the disease, not the economy. And there you have it. That was it. over a year ago. Yeah. And there you have it. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. No, thank you for the trifecta. Real quick, uh, this is interesting. Just a little tidbit, maybe to lighten it up a little bit. Please. 77% of Americans say the quality of their partner's sleep affects them, too. And now people are talking seriously about sleep compatibility. Like you got a checklist looking for a partner? Wow, are you a snore person? You know, because yeah. if somebody else is going to snore, maybe that has something to do if they're a long-termer or not. That's true. But, you know, some people develop that over time. Yeah. This doesn't happen right away. So, very interesting, man. Okay, we got to get the Nimrods in the news. And yet another news update straight ahead right here. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. See you, man. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Black Lives Matter Louisville is, uh, well, they've got the money, apparently. They're, they got a cashier's check to post the bail of that guy who tried to kill a mayoral candidate in Holy Louisville. Holy smokes. Yeah, Quintez Brown is the guy who the police say took a shot at Craig Greenberg, luckily missed. It brought his Glock in. Started yep. firing the gun. Yep. Did you see the guy's sweater where it grazed him? Yeah. It didn't hit him. It was the sweater. Yeah. Big hole in the sweater. Whoa. Yeah. Meanwhile, so they're going to post bail for him. Yes. So BLM's not saying, hey, that we're not about that. No. We're not about that kind of violence. We can't no. have that. It's a, no, man. We're down with the cause. Quintez Brown was Black Lives Matter activist, though. And so apparently they are in support of black nationalist terrorists. Interesting. Well, we've had um, black nationalist terrorists that were also BLM supporters, but you didn't know that BLM as an organization would support this sort of activity from these people. Very interesting. Meanwhile, the Washington Post is contacting people who donated $40 to the Canadian truckers because those are the real menaces. Yeah. 
Boy, it's getting more and more clear, isn't it? Mm, sure is. Who's on the side of good and who isn't? Yep. Wow. Let's get the Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Okay, this is weird because it happened last April, but we're just now finding out about it, and that's because the cop's chest cam video just got released. The Nimrod is Chelsea Alston. She's 32. She was flying from Orlando to New York. She pulled up to the gate on her suitcase, which is motorized, and she was hammered. Actually had a beer in her hand, okay? Um, So you'll hear part of the cam as the dude's trying to talk to her about you not you can't ride this hammered in the airport yeah unfortunately it's, it's their policy that you just can't be that intoxicated when you're flying a plane okay i'm not that intoxicated okay Chelsea, just just go to the terminal oh man that thing kind of goes fast i think i'm faster but a bike pursuing a suitcase in a minute now you try to say hey yeah we're gonna try to take her in but i'm chasing her down it's gonna be crazy chelsea i'll race you I'm on a chelsea chelsea look at me chelsea then she's spitting on it. Do not spit. I'm not. That's 